0: Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Well, this morning we have uh, Pastor Sandra with us all the way from the distant land of Kingston. Uh, her- that's right. Some of you I know know her. Uh, Pastor Cameron and Sandra uh, have come here a number of times, ministered. And uh, and Pastor Sandra, as you may well know, also is an awesome worship leader when she's leading worship. But she's come to share the word with us this morning. So, Pastor Sandra. Oh. At least that was you and not me. It makes me feel good. <laughs> that's what I would do. That That's it. Good. Shake the place up. It was a prophetic act, because I'm going to maybe shake some things up. All right. Well, good morning. How is everyone doing? Excellent. So I love hearing the feedback. So feel free to say amen or ouch, or in the morning, the first service, I said, oh, you're stuck with me. And I think they said yay, but I heard ooh, or something. So anyway, I love feedback, hearing you guys. So that's great. Um, Please be praying for Pastor Travis and Camilla, um, they've just gone through some health stuff, so be praying for full restored health for them. And hi, guys. uh, Good to see you. I told them I would say hi online, so there it is. Awesome. It's an honor to be here this morning. Um, I have one gear that I operate in, so I just want to pre-warn you. My husband always says, you're in overdrive all the time. Um, You know how you have, for those of you who drive stick shift, you know you have your five gears. He's like, you're in sixth. So um, I apologize ahead of time if I get a little inspired, because that's just how I am. So sorry about that. (laughs) Um, But uh, Pastor Travis knew that, and he invited me to come anyway, so... Now you're stuck. Um, But anyhow, I actually, (laughs) yay, that was a yay. I heard it this time. (laughs) All right, making me feel good. This is great. Awesome. Well, um, I want to take you on a journey this morning about something I'm I'm passionate about. Well, (laughs) I'm kind of passionate about everything. (laughs) But uh, um, it's like whenever I teach, I was like, this is my favorite topic. And everyone's like, everything's your favorite topic. Uh, Because the word is my favorite. Uh, I really do believe that God can speak to us through his word, and so this morning, I want you not to hear what I say, but I want you to hear what God is saying to you, and it may be different for each of you, so you may get different things out of this, Um, but would you just pray with me quickly? Father, we just pray for this morning, God, that you would come and just speak to every heart. I pray, God, that you would inspire us today to be more like you, Jesus. Uh, Thank you, God, that you're present in this room, that your presence is here, and that in your presence, everything is possible. And so we just thank you, God, for what you're about to do, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I have called this message living on purpose because I actually believe that not only should we uh, live with purpose in our lives, but I actually believe that God has called each and every one of us to live on purpose, to not just wake up in the morning, go through our day, you know, go to work, pay our bills, put a few meals on our table and, you know, send the kids off to school, whatever you do. But I believe that God has placed us on this earth to live on purpose. And and God has a purpose for each and every one of us. And it's more than just going through the motions. God wants us to connect with his divine purpose for our lives. Because when we do what he has called us to do, you will actually be a blessing to those around you. Um, If you think about it this way, God has invited us into this incredible relationship with him but it's not just about what i can get out of that relationship it's also about what god can do through that relationship to other people and so how many of you have ever wondered honestly in life what your purpose is okay all right i see i see a bunch of nods all right well i think every human at one point have asked themselves that question like why am i here what's my purpose so here comes the big, da da, da I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Are you ready? See, I believe that while God has a specific purpose for each and every person, I be- believe that there is an overall purpose that he's already communicated to us about in the word. And here's the most important thing you can ever do in your life is to have relationship with Jesus the maker of the universe, God himself has invited you through his son to come into a living relationship with him, where it's not just about going to church and and doing your religious duty, but where you can have a living, working relationship with Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That is good news in and of itself. And it is exciting. I agree because that is why we're alive. Think about it. If, if, if you, as a human, are invited to live in this relationship, it'll transform your life because it carries you not just through your lifetime, but you actually get a practice run at loving Jesus and worshiping him here because that's what we're going to do for eternity. So I'm a worshiper at heart. I love to worship. I I love to just sing and worship Jesus. And I've realized that, you know, what we're doing now is just a small little fraction of what we're going to spend Eternity doing. And we get to start here and now. And so what we get to do is to have relationship with this amazing God who knows you, who has called you by name, and who wants to walk with you in your everyday life. But you know what happens as soon as we have relationship with Jesus? His character starts forming in us because not only does he want to have relationship with you, he actually wants you to reflect who he is to everybody around him. And so relationship is actually not just a private thing. I know a lot of people are like, well, my, you know, my beliefs is a private thing. But when you really know Jesus, you actually can't help it. You want to tell other people about how wonderful he is and how much he can transform your life. And so actually faith at times, and everyone is at a different place in their journey, but at times we feel like, oh, my faith is just private. But do you know that as you start getting transformed in his presence and becoming more like him, you can't help but actually display his character to other people. Because he wants you to be like him so that other people get to see who he is through you. Do you know that the term Christian literally just means little Christ? So we get to walk this earth and be little Christ's. Because somebody else needs to see Jesus through you. So if you do not know what your purpose is, just love Jesus and be like him. It's that simple. There it is, your lifelong quest. You just found out what you are to do. (laughs) Because ultimately, when we know him and we become like him, you know what happens? We find our function. Function is what we do for him. But function best happens when we first know him and we're like him. Throughout history, Christians have tried to find, and not just Christians, people have tried to find their function. They've tried to figure out what they're supposed to do. But I believe that we first have to figure out who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be a son and a daughter of the king and have this relationship with our maker. And then we become like him and we start displaying his character. And then what you do actually becomes in some ways irrelevant. Not irrelevant in a sense that it doesn't matter, but it flows naturally out of your relationship with him. See, a lot of people go on this quest to try to function, but they lack out on their relationship with Jesus. I honestly believe that our truest ministry comes out of our truest identity. To know him first is what matters. And guess what happens when those things are uh, taking place in your life? You start reproducing other people that can get to know Jesus and be in relationship with him and be developed in his presence to have more of his character so that they can find their function and reproduce other people that get to know him. So there it is. If you have been on this journey of trying to figure out what you're supposed to do, know Jesus and display him to those around you, and the rest will just come. And as you know him, he'll start talking about the specifics of what he wants you to do for him. But it's not not out of strife. It's not out of guilt, it's out of knowing him. And that's a freeing place to be. And what's so cool that is that within this room, we all have a different function. Everyone has a different gift. We can't all play bass like David. I mean, I wish I could. He's like, awesome. But I can't play bass like that. But I love coming and listening to him play the bass. But that's his gift. And then his passion for that youth group is just contagious, right? The kids, from what I hear, are loving it. It's awesome. But that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah, whoo, there we go. I love it. But that's what he's supposed to do. You're not supposed to do that. Well, maybe you are. I mean, come talk to him if you want to help. Because we can use volunteers in every area, right? I'm like doing shameless plugs this morning. You can do that when you're not the lead pastor of that church. I can't do that in my own church. Anyhow, um, so what I want to tell you this morning is that God has a place for you. And gone are the days where ministry is when you're hired on at a church. That's not what ministry is. Do you know that it says in the Bible that God has given you the ministry of reconciliation? It means you are called to bring other people into a place of reconciling with God. And every one of you have that ministry. So you're all called to ministry. Our associate pastor Scott always says there's no such thing as not being in ministry. It's just a matter of where you do it. For some of you, it's at a hospital. For some of you, it's at a grocery store. For some of you, it's at a school. But you are all called to live on purpose. And when you live on purpose, God can use you as long as you're available for him. And he wants to use you. And it's exciting. It's exciting to live for more than yourself. It's exciting to live for something greater than just getting through your day. And that's what he wants for us. And he's given us the Great Commission. Some of you may know this one very well, but I just want to read it again. Matthew 28, he says this, "...then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit." And I and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded, and I will be with you always to the very end of the age. You know what's so cool about this commission is it wasn't given to 12, well, 11 at that point, disciples uh, at a mountaintop that those were words that he spoke to them but he literally was passing them the baton and saying I have to go it's for your betterment that I go away because I'm going to send you a helper that will help you do this so I'm going to go here's the baton pass now tag you're it and that has been happening for generation after generation after generation after generation since Jesus left because he has placed you in Trenton Ontario for such a time as this because he needs you to pick up the baton and go into all the world and make disciples of all nations and you know what's so cool is it's not dependent on your ability it's dependent on your availability and his authority see we can't save anybody we can't change someone's life but jesus can and do you know who he wants to use to do it pastor travis right? But sometimes we kind of get stuck thinking that way, right? Oh, that's for Pastor Peter. I mean, he's so good with people, right? Yeah, that, that deserves an amen. He's really good with people. Yeah, he is. So he has, that's his gift. But you know who God has called? You. Every one of you, because there's people that Pastor Peter will never talk to. That are in your sphere of influence. And God just wants to use you to not use your own authority, but step into his authority. And just be available for him to use you. That's good news. Hey, who needs more purpose than that? That's incredible. Right? God just wants us to be available for him. See, I believe that we're living in a day and age where people are open. At least that's my experience. So can I ask you guys, how many have been just a little tiny bit frustrated at the chaos that has gone on over the last 19 months? (laughs) Just a wee bit, right? I mean, maybe you're this saint that was just like, oh, God is so good through the whole thing and you haven't struggled at all. If that's you, come talk to me and lay hands on me after because I want to know how you did it. But I'll say this, most of us have had our struggles with what's going on. And we've asked ourselves, like, what is going on? And when is it ever going to stop? And, you know, the, like, uh, like my husband says, he's like, in March 2020, they wanted two weeks to flatten the curve. And my husband always says, I've been working on flattening my curve for, like, 20 years. Um, <laughs> so, anyhow. Where were the drums? Okay. He should be here. He's the stand-up comedian. But anyhow. So, but you know what, turn, what started as two weeks to flatten the curve? Here we are, 19, 20 months later, and it's still chaotic. But I actually believe, as much as I don't really want to admit this, I actually believe that God is all over this one. I believe that he is strategically using it to, number one, shake up his church a little bit. It's been uncomfortable. It's been challenging, but I think he's done it on purpose. No, I'm not saying he was the source behind this because he's never the source of sickness. Um, but I'm saying he is using this moment in history to shake people up because they know that they need answers outside of themselves. And right now, we have a harvest field ripe and ready for people that are looking for hope, that are looking for something more, that are looking for direction. And we can stand up here and say it all we want, and it sounds like a cliche, but it's true. It is true. I've had so many conversations in the last few months, especially, where people are just at the end of themselves. They're just done. They just want to find something more. They want to hear, do you have something else to offer? Because I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And right now, we have a wide open door in our community, all around us, of people that really just need more. And you know who God wants to use to reach them? Every one of you, if you decide to get up in the morning and live on purpose, and maybe you don't feel like you have anything to offer, that's okay. God can still use you. Yes. Do you know that sometimes all that someone needs may be a hug? <gasps> I said it. It's COVID time. <laughs> maybe you shouldn't hug. <laughs> aye, 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 Be spirit-led and be wise, please. And ask them if you can first, please. If not, that could backfire (laughs) really bad. But do you know that what people need is to know that someone loves them, that someone cares about them, that there's someone out there that knows that they're more than just a social insurance number. Those kids that we're talking about for the Samaritan's Purse, you have no idea. I was born in the jungle, actually, in Africa. And it's easy to sit and watch a screen and look at these kids. But those are real kids with real names that feel overlooked and forgotten. And so if all you can bring yourself to do is to fill one of those little shoeboxes with a few gifts and pray over it, then you can do something great for the kingdom. God can use every single one of you. And I just as I was sitting there in worship, I just felt to read this verse. You know, people are at a place where they feel unseen. Unseen. But this is what God says, and this is not just for you. It's for every person that's out there around us. It's from Isaiah 43, and bless your heart, Brian. Pray for him. I've been all over the place this morning. He's so good at following me. This scripture's not in there, so don't worry about looking for it. Yes, Brian. <laughs> you deserve an applause after this morning. He's awesome. He really is, and if you knew what my notes said and what I said, you would bless him even more. Um, you need, like, this spirit of interpretation to follow me. There you go. <laughs> the gift of interpretation. Okay, Isaiah 43. It's not on the PowerPoint, but it says this, verse 1 and 2 from the New King James. It says, But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. You know, we don't just have a pandemic of a disease going on. We have a pandemic of fear. That has gripped a nation and a world. And you know what we need to do right now? We need to reflect the heart of Jesus that says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Amen. We represent a God that knows each and every person by name, and he may need you to just sit in Catherine's kitchen. I would encourage each of you, if you don't volunteer yet, I'm going to just keep asking for volunteers this morning because I can. If you haven't been out to one of the Catherine's kitchens, I encourage you, don't leave today without asking, how can I help? Maybe you don't feel like you're good at talking with people. That's okay. Come and, and help serve. Help just put something on their plate. Maybe all they need is a smile on your face. Maybe they just need a safe place to come for a meal. But maybe, just maybe, you may also have an opportunity to hear their story For some of you, maybe you feel like you're not good with words. Just listen. Sometimes that's all they need. You can listen. And maybe, just maybe, if you trust Jesus enough, he can use you to say, listen, I know a God who knows you by name. And when you walk through the waters, they're not going to overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, it won't scorch you because I know a God who has redeemed you. Called you by name. Maybe he wants you to do that. Or just come and pour a cup of coffee and let someone else do that part. But, church, we need you. We're in this together. No one can do it alone. And what's so awesome is that when we work together, God can do amazing and wonderful things. And you know what? The best thing is that you have a story that I don't have. And so maybe somebody out there needs to hear your story because it relates to their life. And all of us at some point was a mess. Before we met Jesus, we were a mess. Even with Jesus, we're a mess. Well, maybe not you guys, but I'll speak for myself I can be a mess sometimes. But, you know, God is in the business of taking messes and making them into masterpieces. And there's people out there that need to know that, that don't actually know that. We are privileged to sit in a place where we can come in and just get encouraged and, and and you know, have this... Party that we do on Sunday mornings where we come into this environment where we worship Jesus. But there's people out there that are in despair because they don't have anybody. They're lonely, especially since this last 19 months. There's been so much isolation. There's been so much despair. And maybe they just need a smiling face to say, it's going to be okay. You're not alone. And I always encourage people, bring people to church. Don't just invite them. You know, sometimes God actually wants us to go a little bit further than just handing someone an invite card. Sometimes they actually need you to say, hey, I'll come pick you up. I'll give you a ride. You know, we used to go down every Sunday morning to Queen's University. We're in Kingston. And one thing we realized is with the bus system in Kingston, it's pretty much impossible. I mean, with God, all things are possible. But taking the bus from Queen's to our church is almost impossible. Uh, Because Sunday morning bus schedules in Kingston are, like, terrible. And so we started several years ago now just saying, hey, we'll come down to Queen's and pick you up. So we would take just vans and cars and go down. And we got these incredible connections. At one point, we did this ministry on campus. And people, would we would just be worshiping, like, really worshiping. I'm talking, like... Rock and worship in one of the lecture halls. People would walk by and like, what's going on? And they would come in. And you know what we heard over and over? Thank you for making room for me. Thank you for noticing me and helping me get to a place where I can be in this environment. Because some of them have never encountered it. Some of them don't know that you can go to church. They think it's lame. Because all they have is a weird picture of something that's not what we do here. So go the extra step. And believe that God can use you. And whatever you can or cannot do, God can still use you. We always say this, there's three types of Christians. There's new Christians, there's growing Christians, and then there's mature Christians. And we're all on a journey. And regardless of where you're at in that place, it doesn't matter because God wants to use all of us. And so if you're a brand new Christian, you've known Jesus a day, it's okay. You've known him one more day than someone out there. And so God can use you. If you don't know Jesus yet, please come talk to me before you leave today. Please. Because I want to introduce you to someone who can absolutely transform your life. And once you've met him, you don't want to go a day without him. Because he has a purpose for you. And it's to know him. So I know this is a boating area. Uh, I mean, you have these awesome beaches. Uh, And I love them. They're great. We come down here in the summer all the time. Um, But I know there's all these cars. cars. Wow. Cars that drive on water. Wow. That would be a miracle. Um, Boats is what I meant to say. That was the word. In my head, I said boats. Out came cars. Okay. There's uh, there's my faux pas for the day. Those who know me is I cannot go through a sermon without saying something that I didn't mean. So there you go. There you go. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Okay, so back to the yachts. Okay, so um, I've seen some incredible boats in this area when we've been on beaches, and they drive by, and they're like these amazing yachts, right? Um, But you know what? Kingston is also a water city, so we have our downtown is like all these boats. Like, if you go down in the summertime, it's just beautiful. But you see these massive boats, like million-dollar boats that are just beautiful. And then we have uh, just over on the military base, there's the Kingston Yacht Club. But one thing that has really fascinated me is how many of them just stay docked. Like, it's like, why do you have this incredible boat if you don't take it out on the water? And I'm sorry if if you do that. I'm sorry. (laughs) But to me, it's like, it doesn't make sense. If you have a boat like that, I'd be out on the water all the time. Right, because that 's what the boats were meant to do was to float on water, but it used to kind of puzzle me why I always saw these beautiful boats docked like all summer. I just didn 't get it, so I started looking at the purpose of yacht clubs, like what they were all about because i 'm like what 's with the yachts and so I read up on it a little bit, and i don 't know if you knew this. this was completely news to me, but When yacht clubs were first formed, they were a group of men with big boats that had a passion to be a rescue mission for people that were in distress out in the open waters. So these men would take their big boats and they would drive out into the waters and see if anyone was in distress, and then they would help them, and they would bring them safely back to shore. Beautiful. I had no idea that's what a yacht club was supposed to do. Because that's not what we see today. You know what we see today? is these beautiful boats that are docked. And they're full of rich people that gather together and have their little parties. And they do their little thing. They go on their boat. I still don't get it. Like, isn't a living room better? I don't know. I, and, and maybe I have never been to a yacht club, so I don't know. Maybe there is more to it. But what I see is beautiful boats that are docked up. Because they've lost their purpose. And they're no longer on mission. But can I say that a yacht club that operates purely that way has lost sight of what they're supposed to do? But church, let's not be a yacht club. Do you know that the church is called to be a rescue mission? We're supposed to go out there into the deep waters, find the people that are in distress, and invite them back to come safely back to shore. That is what the church of the living God is supposed to do. We're not supposed to be docked up and just spend time in our own little bubble with people that we know having parties. Not that we can during COVID, but you know what I'm saying? What we're supposed to do is we're supposed to go out there into the deep and say, hey, anyone out there that needs some help? Because we're here to help you, and we're going to pull you in. We may have to jump in to rescue someone. We may get a little wet in the process. We may actually... uh, at times feel like we don't even know what way is up. But if God is with you, which I believe he is, and if you trust him, then he will put the right people in your path that you can just simply say, come with me and I'll lead you safely back to shore because I have the answer. The light of the world, that's the ultimate lighthouse. And if you just follow that light and come with me together, I'll take you to him. But you know, Jesus didn't just say that he was the light of the world. He actually wants us to be the light of the world now. Through him. Not that we have anything to offer, really. But when we have relationship with him, we have everything to offer. you know what's so beautiful is that if each and every one of us is a lighthouse, you combine that together, we work together, and it becomes pretty bright. And today, we're in a time and an age where people are looking for light. I had this... Uh, this experience just a few well I guess a few months ago now but there's this lady that I've talked to for about eight years and all I've ever done is like hey you know I'm here if you ever need anything just kind of casual and at times she along the way she found out I was a Christian and so I've shared little bits and pieces but she's never really been you know particularly open (laughs) to those conversations but she went through some hardships and some struggles and I didn't come, you know, wrestling her down to the ground and say, you are ready for Jesus. <laughs> Instead, I just said, hey, I'm here if you ever want to talk. And this is about eight years worth of just, hey, I'm here. And a few months ago, I had this incredible experience. I was just actually standing on a sidewalk. And I saw her drive by. And I, ha- I was talking to a friend, actually. And I just said, pray for that girl. Like, I just have such a heart for, I don't know why. I just can't stop loving this lady that I barely know. But I just, so I literally said to my Christian friend, I said, just pray for her. And they're like, okay. (laughs) She drives down the road, and all of a sudden I see her turn around. She did a Yui. And she literally comes back. She jumps out of her car, leaves it in the middle of the street. I'm not kidding you. Like, it's open, car doors open. She runs over to me and she says, I'm stuck in addiction. I'm in despair. I've tried everything else. I've tried everything, and I can't get out of this darkness. There's only one option left, and it's Jesus. He's got to be it because I've tried everything else. Can you help me? I'm standing on the sidewalk going, uh, sure. Yes. Yes, I can. She's like, can you help me get to know him? Not because I'm a pastor. She didn't know me in that context whatsoever. I was just someone that said, hey, if you ever want to talk. If you trust Jesus, he can give you opportunities. They may not be as dramatic as that one. I, you know, you only have so many of those in your lifetime where you're like, that was fun. Um, <laughs> but you know what, what needed to happen after that is the journey of relationship. It wasn't just like, oh, let's pray a prayer and you shall be fine. Right? That's just a starting point. Then the real journey begins. But you have a story that someone else needs. You know what I instantly did? I have another friend who has come out of a life of addiction, and I said, listen, I can't wait for you to meet my friend because I didn't battle through the same darkness that she did my friend did. So within a week, we were having coffee at Tim Hortons, and I thought they were going to kick us out because it was just a cry fest. (laughs) Actually, eventually, they did kick us out (laughs) because I think we we cried. That was when when it was really, really, really strict on uh, on some procedures, and she kept taking her mask off because she was bawling so much. (laughs) They're like, you're going to have to leave. We're like, okay, that's fine. We can go do this in the car instead. So we just have to be flexible for whatever God wants to do. But you know what? I couldn't do that alone. I needed my friend who's been through that journey, and God needs you. Now, it may not be as dramatic as that every time, but God wants to use you. And do you know, I, I was thinking of doing this. Actually, can I get 12 volunteers super quick? Can I have 12 people just come up and stand right here? Totally unscripted. Sorry, guys. Just 12, any one of you. Excellent. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Need four, nine, ten. Just two more. One, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Okay, we've got twelve. Thank you, everyone. Okay. So, you know, in our journey with Jesus, if you're a Christian and you ever hope to lead someone to Christ, how many have ever, like, wanted to be that person to, like, show someone the way to God? Mm-hmm. Do you know that in, in people's lives, this represents a journey, so on this end, we have someone who knows him, who knows Jesus really, really well. They walk in fantastic relationship. You're just, wow, amazing relationship with Jesus. Woo. Uh, right about here, I'm going to say, it's when someone actually comes into a relationship with Jesus. But you know what happens with people before they get there? It's over here. I'm so sorry, but you're going to be the atheist today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, wrong lineup sorry I should have started on the other end <laughs> so but you know most people he's not okay <laughs> it's just an illustration okay but someone can be really really far from God actually close to to even thinking about him yeah an atheist but right about here we have an agnostic that's like well you know I guess there is some kind of force some power out there and then as you move closer, instead of naming all of you, thank you, Marg, you're going to be slightly more open. And do you see how this journey comes? It's slightly more open, Marg. <laughs> and and Allison, you're, like, getting curious now about, what oh God, there you go. See? Such good acting. I love it. I love it. And impromptu as well. This is great. And then we move down the road, and, and it's like, well, maybe maybe I need more in life. Hmm. I'm going to start seeking, maybe in other religions, maybe just seeking faith in general. But, hey, I, I keep hearing about this Jesus. So Dave is now in a place where he's like, hmm, maybe I should check into that. Maybe there's something about that carpenter that's more than just a story. And now Shelly, she's like, okay, I'm, I'm getting really close here. I, I'm, I think I need someone in my life so Anita she's she's now like right on the edge she's like I'm I think I'm ready I I just don't know how I don't know how to get to know him and then comes the moment where someone bows their knee and to Jesus and accepts him as their Lord and Savior and then David gets the fun part of starting this journey of getting to know him more, and I'm going to say the mature Christian over here. I mean, we could have flipped this the other way, so no offense either way. But you know what you're called to do? You may simply just be moving someone from this step, and you can come over here. And that was the part that God wanted you to play, is you simply just move someone from one step to the next. Because sometimes we feel so much pressure, like we need to take the atheist and move him all the way over there, all in one conversation. But you know what? We need each other because maybe someone had a conversation over here and you thought it meant nothing, but he really did take it in. Mm -hmm. And so what you don't see behind the scenes is that he's moving up this way. And what I want to say to you, church, is God can use any one of you to take someone on this journey, but you may not be the one that gets the privilege to do this. Do you know my, my, uh, yeah, oh, I love that. But you know what my friend who was stuck in addiction told me? That somehow God had strategically placed all these Christians around her that kept saying, Listen, you need God. Don't give up, you need God. Don't give up, there is a God who loves you. Don't give up. And so I got the privilege of standing on a curbside and praying for her. But I didn't do the work, I prayed for her for eight years. God can use you, church. Thank you, volunteers. You were awesome. Sorry, that was spur of the moment. I hope that was okay. But God needs you to be the light. And maybe the light is simply sharing a smile and just a short encouraging word with someone. And I always say bring people to church because once they get in the environment and they feel the presence of Jesus, they can't help themselves. We had this businessman that came in uh, to our church years ago and he didn't know Christ whatsoever, um, actually another guy that was quite hardened, and he, he came in, originally his intent was to come in and mock the church, because he was like, who are these crazy people, um, and you know, I've heard about this church, and you know, I'm just going to come in and prove my point that they're crazy, so he comes in, I can see him in the back row, we're worshiping, and he, this tall, big, strong, angry guy, is bawling like a baby, like bawling, And I'm like, what is going on? Because his wife was attending the church, but he was not interested. You know what I mean? But all he needed was to be in the environment. And once he sensed the presence of God, all he needed was actually to step in the building. And the presence of God hit him like a flood. And before the end of that day, he had surrendered his heart to Jesus and and got a life transformation where you couldn't even recognize who he was to who he became after that. So I'm telling you, God can use you if all you do is to pick someone up and bring them to church and let Pastor Travis do the work. (laughs) But see, we're missing the point if we're just waiting for one person to do it. God can use you to take someone on a step, on a journey. And sometimes you journey with the person the whole way through, and that is awesome. Other times, all they need is that short little encouragement that you don't know is planting seeds. God can use you. See, I don't think that the problem is that people are close to the gospel. I think the problem is that sometimes Christians are not open to sharing the gospel. Because in my experience, as of late especially, there's a lot of people that are really open. And right now, in this season that we're in, both because of the chaos we've seen over the last 19 months, but also the season we're in at Christmas time, you guys have an opportunity. I mean, I get so excited about these outreach opportunities that you guys have. But you have Catherine's Kitchen, not just at Christmas time, but all throughout the year, where you actually have people coming into this environment. And you get to actually show them the love of Jesus in a very tangible way. The the Food Hamper Program is an incredible way to invite people into being a part of it because all he needs you to do is maybe to stand for two hours and fundraise. And by doing that, you're actually part of the mission of Christ in Trenton. So I said this the early service. I'm going to say it again. Two hours, guys. Two hours. It's not much. 60 people is a piece of cake if everyone takes part And you know what can happen in those moments? You may stand there and all you do is smile, and that may be enough, but maybe, just maybe, someone will stop and ask, hey, why are you doing this? And you never know what opportunity you may have to be able to share why we're really doing what we're doing, and you never know how God can use those moments, whether it's standing for two hours or volunteering with your preteens, wow, what an incredible age to be with. They're they're forming their belief system right at that age. You can be part of that. You can be part of showing them what it's like to journey with Jesus. All these incredible opportunities. Just sit with someone as they're having a meal, packing a box. If you're looking for purpose, here it is, served on a silver platter. I want every single one of you to think about what can I do To serve Jesus. How can I volunteer of my time? Some of us can't give financially the way we want to. But you can give of your time. And your story is needed. Your time is needed. And together it's like we learn how to fish with a net instead of a rod. Thank you, Marg. See, I believe that we live in a time where people have given up on God, but God hasn't given up on people, and he wants you to reflect his character by having relationship with him, and just inviting people into that journey, and if you're willing, God can use any situation to bring people to him, I shared a story about candy canes in the early service, I won't bore you with the details, but hey, I was shopping for candy canes, and ended up praying for someone, um, the cashier, who just was asking what that was all about, You never know, as long as you are surrendered and willing and available, God can use even standing for two hours with a thing. And maybe you won't share a big, long story, but maybe you will smile. And you don't know that all that person needed that day was to see that there's something more. And someone out there has joy in the midst of this chaos. But if you believe God, he can also use you to have some pretty incredible moments. So I want you, church, to live on purpose. One of the things that I have seen um, in the last, especially since this last season has hit for well a year and a half plus now, is that people feel very lonely and very isolated for obvious reasons. I mean, people felt lonely and isolated before, so much more now with lockdowns and, and different restrictions and things like that. And it's been a very difficult time for everybody. It's been, it's been what a journey. But what an incredible chance... For the church of the living God to step up and say, hey, you are not alone. You don't have to do this alone. Loneliness and depression is on an all-time high. Mental health is on an all-time high. And you may not be an expert in the mental health field, but you know what you can be an expert of? Is shining Jesus' light into someone's life. And we can't help anyone, but we can introduce them to someone who can. Because Jesus can reach into the darkest darkness. He can mend the most broken heart. He can melt the hardest heart. All we need to do is bring people to him. So I encourage you, church, live on purpose. Live on purpose. And the best way you can do that is have a relationship with Jesus. And if you don't know how, don't leave without talking to me or someone from the pastoral team. I want to tell a story, actually read a little story of something that happened quite a while ago. Um, This is a true story. There was a grocery clerk that was just stocking shelves one day in his store. And someone stopped. I can't can't remember the details of how that conversation started. But it turned into him sharing about Jesus with the person that was just picking up uh, groceries in the store. His name was Edward Kimball. And he was stocking his shelves, and he talked to a young man named Deal Moody, who received the gospel and gave his heart to Christ that day. And that was great, but it gets better. You ready? Moody led a young man named Wilbur Chapman, who became an evangelist, led him, Wilbur Chapman to the Lord, um, who became an evangelist and started preaching to thousands of people during one meeting with Chapman there was a professional baseball player named Billy Sunday that came and accepted Christ yes. Billy Sunday became an evangelist and raised up a man named Mordecai Ham under his ministry and now Mordecai Ham went to Charlotte North Carolina to have meetings they were tent meetings and during one of those meetings there was a man in the crowd a young man named Billy Graham that heard about that and came to Christ You know how that started with a man who was working in a grocery store, stocking shelves, but he knew that there was more to life than stocking shelves that God has set him there on purpose so that he could be the light to anybody that walked in. And that day it just happened to me, a man named D.L. Moody. And then the story began. So can I tell you, church, today, don't underestimate what God can do through you. He wants to use you. And you may just be one part of that whole lineup of saying, hey, listen, there is a God out there. Don't give up on him. And you may just be a small part of bringing someone towards a place of knowing Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you, church, God needs you now more than ever. We live in a time and a day and an age where he wants to use you. He wants you to live on purpose. Church, there's people out there that need to hear your story, your story. Your testimony of how God came and interrupted your mess. He wants to use you. So I encourage you, church. Maybe you're looking for opportunities. Well, there's lots of them here. I would love it if every one of you, before you leave today, think of, if you're not already helping and volunteering, and thank you to all of you who do. We know how much work goes into running a church, trust me. But these are some open doors into the community in Trenton of people that are just looking for a place to call home, for a place to be safe. I sat with a man just a few days ago. I don't don't even know him. We're getting to know him. He somehow found his way into our church. And so we met with him. And he started sharing about his terrible story. Like, oh my goodness, how much heartache can a human have? And then towards the end he said, I just hope God hasn't given up on me. I just want to come home. And we had a beautiful moment and we said, I think you just did. There's people out there that are just waiting for someone to engage with them and to say, there's a God who loves you and maybe you don't have all the right words. That's okay. Just love them. Just give them your time. And if that's through standing with The donation box, please. Look at it as doing something more than just standing for two hours beside a box. Look at it as representing Jesus. And maybe all he needs you to do is smile when you do it, or maybe he'll give you a divine opportunity to share more about the love of Jesus with someone. But either way, give of yourself. God needs you. You have come to this place because God strategically placed you. It's not an accident that you're here because God orchestrates who he wants, where he wants them to further his purpose. And some of you are afraid. Some of you feel like you lack courage. You don't know what to do. Ask Jesus for courage. Because remember the Great Commission, it's not about your ability. It's about your surrender, your availability. He gives you the authority. He shows you what to say. And sometimes courage is not just the absence of fear because we'll all have fear. We live in a pandemic of fear right now. But church, we can rise above that. Courage isn't the absence of fear. We'll all face it. But when you have Jesus in your heart, you can master it. It doesn't have to have a grip on your heart. The biggest pandemic, I think, is fear. And if you struggle with that, come to Jesus and be honest with him. He can help you. But there's a lot of other people out there that may need you to tell them that you don't have to live in fear. You don't have to be afraid of anything because when Jesus is in your heart, you're secure. Even if you face hardship and darkness, God is with you and he's the anchor in your storm and God just needs you to be there to tell someone that. I have a friend who said it this way, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes it's just a quiet voice at the end of the day that says, I'll try again tomorrow. And having the courage to try again. Church, I invite you to live on purpose. Would you pray with me this morning? God, I thank you for each person in this room this morning. I thank you, Jesus, that you have called each and every one of them to this place for this time, God. And I thank you that everyone is in their own place in their journey with you. But I thank you, God, that no matter where they're at, you have called them first and foremost into relationship with you that will continue to grow deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper until we see you face to face. But I thank you also, God, for every person, every family that's represented here, every individual, God, that you have called them to live on purpose, to live beyond just getting up in the morning and getting through their day. And I thank you, God, that you can speak into every situation. Maybe there's people today here that are struggling themselves to get through that darkness, that are fumbling through it. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are more real to us than our own breath, and I pray right now that you would reach into those situations. God, if there's despair in this place, I pray that you would encourage them. Speak to them, Lord. Set them in a family of believers that can come around them. Encourage them. Give them something to hang on to. You are the hope of the world, Jesus. Lord, I pray for each person that they would see their purpose in you. To know you and make you known. And I thank you that there's no one that you cannot use. So I pray for a renewed surrender to you this morning. That you would remind them that they are called, that they are chosen, that they're set apart, that you have called each and every one of them by name. I pray for a compassion to well up in our hearts, especially in this season where so many around us are struggling. I pray that we would tap into the love and the compassion of Jesus Christ to reach out into our community and to take the opportunities that are right in front of us to do so. Lord, I thank you for the work you're doing inside each and every one. We give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinte West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.